Welcome to the Fit Vegan Body Podcast with your host, Aaron Cattell, the vegan coach. The point of this podcast is to give you an in-depth but practical approach when it comes to losing weight, being healthy, or gaining muscle on a vegan or plant-based diet. We will have guests every single week to help clear up any confusion and make sure that you are 100% confident in your choice of your lifestyle. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Fit Vegan Body Podcast. I'm here with Ruji, who is um, also known Peace by Vegan on Instagram, if you follow him. Um, hey man, how are you? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm very good. Thank you for uh, taking the time out to talk to me. And the reason why I kind of wanted you on this podcast is, I mean, I haven't had an activist so far. And I think it's really important for people that are listening that they realize that you don't, you know, there is, I guess a lot of people sometimes just be vegan or plant-based because of the health aspects, but it's so much bigger than that. And um, I wanted to get your perspective and the way you do things. And I suppose help people understand how to speak to non-vegans because mm. at the end of the day, that is something I think we all deal with, especially with Christmas coming up. It's going to be, I think, a bit of an issue. So um, before I go into something like your, your story, I usually start with quite an interesting question. And obviously there are other activists out there. And I kind of want to ask you, what one do you model yourself on the most? So obviously we know Joey Carbstrong, maybe Earthling Ed, um, and maybe some others. So how do you kind of compare yourself to others? Are you unique or would you say you pull, I guess, attitudes and personality types in each one? Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. And I'm, I'm going to give you a really interesting answer because to me, when I think about what an activist is, I mean, like, I think it's easy to box activists in a certain, in, in a box where you say like, okay, Earthling Ed, Joey Carbstrong, James Aspie, those people are activists. And there are other people who work for the vegan movement that you wouldn't think they're activists. But to me, when I think about what an activist is, I think it's about someone who's making a difference. And so the people that I really model myself after, and you asked this at an interesting time in my life because you know, I started activism just a few months ago and I tried many, many different things. So if you've been following my journey, I've been to vigils, I've been to Cubes of Truths. I, I mean, I've done a lot of different actions. I've made videos on the internet. Uh, I've done speeches. I mean, I've done a ton of different things. Um, and, and so, you know, I've been in kind of like my trial period, but when I really think about who I model myself after, I model myself after people who've made media that have changed people. So that being the case, one of my huge inspirations is Kip Anderson, who's the director of Calspiracy and What the Health, because yeah. of the differences. People like Erin Janus, who made Dairy is Scary, which is, she posted a post on Instagram the other day where she said that Dairy is Scary had 5 million views, which is the largest anti-dairy campaign in the history of the world, basically. And I was like, wow, that, that's incredible. And that's what, I, that's what inspires me personally, is people who've made media or, you know, Gary, you're off the speech. Uh, one question I'm asking myself is, how can I eventually get a speech on the internet that's going to make the type of impact that his speech is going to make? So to me, you know, when I think about the activism that I want to do, I want to do it online. Um, not to say that it's particularly better than other types of activism, it's just that I've seen it have so much scale, which is what the internet is. That's the opportunity that the internet gives us. And so that's really what I want to leverage in my activism. So really my biggest inspirations are people like Kip Anderson, Aaron Janus, Earthling Ed too with the content that he's made, but um, people that have really changed people through online digital content. Yeah. Okay. So with that in line, are we going to see something 
from you in terms of a movie or some kind of media that is going to be big? Because obviously you've got heaps of videos already on your Instagram account. Is there going to be something bigger than that that you want to do? Yeah, of course. That's definitely the plan. Yeah. It's been interesting because the Instagram videos in many ways have been a training ground for me. I think about activism in terms of a skill. You know, I think that being an activist or making a difference in the world is something that anyone can learn how to do. Similarly, you were talking about earlier how to talk to people who are not vegan and, and you know, in, in a way that's actually going to create change in a way that's effective. I think that's all a skill. And so to me, you probably know, like in the fitness world, it's like, if you want to, if you want to become fit, then you just work out over and over and over and over and over again. You just practice the skill every day, every day, every day, every day, you just show up. And so to me, that's what's creating videos on Instagram has been for me. It's been the practice of showing up and refining my skill. To me, I do, eventually the goal is to have these video, these like longer videos, uh, speeches or films or things like that. But I'm like, okay, I have to train for that. You know, the expression that they've done experiments where they had two groups of people and one group of people, they had them try to create a masterpiece art thing. And they were mm -hmm. just like, create one. And then the others, they were like, okay, create one piece of art every single day for 10 days. And, or for how many, however many days, and the people who showed up consistently made better work. So that's the approach that I'm taking where, you know, as I make more Instagram videos, even I find myself making those videos with more ease and I find myself making higher quality videos. And from there, that's how I plan on transitioning into making longer videos, eventually films or uh, expanding. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. So how did you personally get into veganism? Like, were you brought up in a vegan family or did you kind of just see the light bulb and then bam? Not at all. I, I, I grew up in Paris, France, okay. where France, you know, there's a huge culture of eating animal products. My parents came from, my dad came from Singapore, my mom came from Japan, uh, which are both countries that even today, veganism is really, really small. So veganism is not something I grew up with at all. In fact, every single morning I used to eat buttered toast and eggs for breakfast. It was my favorite meal in the entire world. I, I loved that. I can't tell you how much I love that. Even like I was just back in Paris a couple of weeks ago and in the grocery store, they have vegan butter now. And every single day, I just ate so much bread with so much <laughs> out of hands because I just love it, right? Yeah. So that's how I grew up. I grew up, uh, I used to love like chicken nuggets, fried chicken. Um, I used, there's this thing, this duck dish that's like, uh, there's this French dish, which I used to love so much. So I definitely did not grow up with veganism at all. In fact, I never even thought about it. I remember I kind of thought about eating more vegetables at some point in my life because of a health thing. But yep. that was about it. And so the way that I really came into veganism is I read a book called Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind. Yep. And that was a book about history that talked about history through the different forces that shaped history and the big movements, things like the agricultural revolution, the industrial revolution, religion, imperialism, capitalism. And it was two things in the book. At some point in the book, it talked about slavery. Um, <coughs> slavery with, in relationship to capitalism. And there, there are many ways to unpack this, obviously, so this is just one perspective. But what the author was saying is that, you know, we look back at slavery now, and it's very easy to look at people who supported slavery, either it being by directly owning slaves or more relevantly to us being consumers. We look at those people and we're like, how could they be so horrible? <clears throat> how could they have not seen this? How could they just like buy things or, you know, consume things that came from slavery without ever thinking about it? That's crazy. Or perhaps they even knew about it and they were like, oh, we don't care. We're just going to do it anyways. What he was saying is that in an economic system like capitalism, where the point of the system is to create growth and for 
people to consume and for producers to produce, things like ethics can be sometimes thrown out the window. It's not people's conscious effort to do something like this. And so he was saying that, you know, people who consume things from slavery, yeah, they supported a system that was really unethical, but at the same time, it wasn't because of an ill intent necessarily. It might have been just because they were indifferent. And I thought that was very interesting. I was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. That's, that's a good point. So I kept reading. Yeah. And 200 pages later, he makes a very similar point about the animal agriculture industry. And he said that, you know, he, he laid it all out. He laid out all the standard practices of the animal agriculture industry. There was a photo in that book of a hatchery, of an egg hatchery, uh, an egg-laying hen hatchery where, you know, they separate the males and the females and they throw all the male chicks in the blender because, or in a macerator because they don't produce eggs. And there was a photo of that. And I saw that and I was like, this is so wrong. Like, I, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is the way that we're treating animals. Um, and then he said, no, you might think this is horrible, but for most people, we support this, not because we're bad people, but because of indifference. And then it just clicked. I was like, wait a second. I thought to myself, imagine there was a, a, a time machine right now and I could go back 300 years back in history. There's no way I would ever support anything that came from slavery. There's no way, like no chance. And it wouldn't matter how inconvenient it was. It wouldn't matter what other people would think about me. None of that would matter because I know it's wrong. And so that being the case, I was like, you know what? What we're doing to animals right now is also wrong. But society just hasn't caught up to that. And most people are still indifferent. And I was like, now that I have the knowledge, I don't have a choice. I, I have to do this. And that's how I first became vegan. Now, about a week or two later, I very quickly transitioned into the mindset of, you know, because at first it was, I'm, I was, I'm just against the way that animals are treated. But then I realized that the mere fact that we exploit animals for our own pleasure is unethical inherently. I, there's no way to kill an animal if it's unnecessary in a way that's ethical. And I very quickly realized that. And I was like, okay, so we just shouldn't exploit animals at all. I mean, I, I went down the rabbit hole of doing research on all the different industries that exploit animals. And I found that none of them were ethical. I found that all of them were horrible, doing horrible things to animals that I would never agree with. It's simply that I just didn't know. And now that I had that information, I was like, there is no way I can support this industry. So that's how I kind of got into it. And then this is, this is the craziest part of the whole story. You know, when I first went vegan, I thought, okay, I'm doing this new thing with my life now. I guess I'm, I'm going to learn how to respect all life. But then <clears throat> this was a crazy moment for me when I realized that, you know, because I, I made the transition, okay, I started being vegan, I started eating vegan, buying vegan products, and just the whole lifestyle shifted. And then after a while, I had this other light bulb moment where I was like, you know what? This is actually who I was all along. And I had all these memories flood my mind. All these memories where I remembered as a kid about how I loved animals so much. I always loved animals, like so, so much. There was this dog in Singapore called Simba, who was my favorite being in the whole world. Like when I would go see my whole family, that dog, like that's what I looked most forward to is playing with Simba. I would literally let him sit on my lap and lick my hand for hours. I was just like, I just love you so much. And I remembered that. And I remembered going through episodes where I'd see animals being harmed and it would really hurt me. I remember being uh, by a river in Japan eating grilled fish. And I saw this guy stuff a stick down a fish's throat while the fish was alive. And it really hurt me. And then put the fish alive to grill. 
And that really hurt me back in the day. I remember telling my parents, I was like, wow, I feel really bad about this. And my parents were like, what do you want to do about it? And I remember I still ate that fish. I actually ate a second fish that day. And I ate many, many fish after that. Mm -hmm. I just remember that. I I remember even myself going fishing myself. And I hated it. I I was like, why do we have to, like, I could see that the fish were suffering. I mean, it's it's not hard to see that, that the fish is flailing around and can't breathe. Like, of course the fish is suffering. And I remember hating that. I remember I, I didn't even want to put... The, the insect they use as baits on the hook. I was like, what do I have to pierce this, this <laughs> living being? Like, yeah. this, I felt bad about it, but I just suppressed all of it. And I realized in that moment, I was always a very compassionate person. I always just wanted to love animals. Um, what age and, was you know, this that you uh, read Sapiens and kind of converted into, into kind of the vegan lifestyle? Mm-hmm. What, what was that? What age were you when this happened? Like, how long ago was this? Oh, this was, uh, this was three and a half years ago, almost now. Okay. Um, yeah, I was, um, I was 19 or 20 at the time. Okay. It was just before my sophomore year of college. What, yeah. were, you, what were you studying? Like, obviously, now, like, this is all going to be my next question, so we can kind of link it into it. Is this what you do full-time? Do you have a job, or is it kind of like... This yeah, so I'm, a, I'm at a very interesting time in my life right now, because... I just graduated from college last May. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I'm, so I, I told you I'm from France. The yes. reason I came to the US and California was because I wanted to pursue film. That was my passion at the time. I was very, very passionate about making videos and films, and just, just all sorts of media, media things. I was just very passionate about it. And I was like, I should probably move close to Hollywood. So I applied to, to schools around here. I got into the school that I wanted to get into, Chapman University, which has an incredible film school. It's not the, the first, the, the best rated online, yeah. but from what, because I visited so many different film schools, I, I really did my research. I think it's the best for, if anyone wants to go to film school for whatever reason, Chapman University in Orange County is, in, in my opinion, really one of the best schools because you really get to learn hands-on. So that's what, why I first came here. I did film for two years in that school where I would be on a film set every single weekend, basically for the first year and a half of my college career. I was on a film set 36 hours almost every single weekend. I think I missed like two weekends or something like that, two or three weekends. And uh, on top of that, I worked on so many films doing post-production, pre-production. I mean, I I was just immersed in the world. Are you still there? And yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so for the first year and a half of film school, I, I was on the film set almost every single weekend. I think, I think I missed like three weekends, but that was 36 hours of being on set every single weekend. I worked on many other films, whether it be sound designing. I mean, just doing so many film related things for a year and a half because I really thought that's what I wanted to do. And I was on track to basically entering the Hollywood film industry. And then I went vegan. And that made me question everything. And, uh, you know, a semester after I went vegan, I studied abroad in Japan for a semester. Uh, I took some time off. I was like, I was really reevaluating everything because the, the moment I went vegan, I knew I was so passionate about this. I, I immediately, I, it was all I thought about. I couldn't go a second of my day without thinking about some vegan related thing because it, it's really all around you. As soon as you step out your house, basically, like you have to be thinking about veganism all the time. 
I'm always looking at cars being like, I wonder if there's leather seats in there. I always see, like every time I see animals, I'm like, oh, I love them so much. Every time I see a restaurant or a grocery store, you see the dead animals and you see the suffering and the death. Like that's, that's what you see. And so I immediately know, as soon as I went vegan, I was super passionate about it. And I knew I wanted to do something about it, but I didn't know what to do. And so that's why, that's part of why, you know, I went to Japan for a semester, I studied abroad, I, I took some time off film and I came back and I switched my major to education. The main reason was I just didn't want to spend so much time on sets. Uh, and then I, I finally graduated with a, with a degree in education. But yeah, so to, to answer your question, I'm in a very interesting time now because as I'm not, I'm not a US citizen, I'm, I'm not a US citizen, so I'm here on a student visa, which puts me in a very particular spot because what that means basically is that now that I've finished my studies, I have a year to be here on what's called an OPT, which means that I can do an internship or a job in a field that's related to my field of study yeah. and which is technically education. And uh, so, you know, I was thinking about like what I should do. I actually had a, I had a, I had a pretty good job at a company filming events. Uh, while, while I was in school, so I was interning there. And then when I, once I graduated, I was still with that company. Um, super passionate about that work. It's, it was basically a job at the time. I thought I wanted to work in that company because I looked up to them for so long. I mean, they helped me out personally so much in my life. And then when I from school, that's when I started getting involved in activism. And after being active for about like a couple weeks, basically, like two weeks after I got active, was the Animal Liberation Conference in Berkeley. And I went to that conference. I met so many vegans. I, I literally became friends with like 150, 200 vegans in like two weeks. And I was like, this is the most incredible thing ever. And, you know, and I, I remember like on my way back from that, I was like, because I'm, I'm very, I'm very fortunate to have parents who are willing to support me for about a year. So I have about a year to like really figure out my life before I'm like independent right now, which uh, it's, it's about halfway, it's about halfway now. So, um, so that's kind of like really coming down on me. But at that moment I decided, you know what, I'm going to take the leap and I'm going to try to do this full time. And so my journey right now is I'm trying to figure out how to do activism full time. Um, so, you know, I'm very, I'm very lucky because I'm young. I don't have a lot of responsibilities. Uh, I think this is the time in my life where I'm going to go super high risk. So that's what I'm doing. Um, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to give myself a year to figure it out. Um, and if I can't figure out in a year, well, I guess I'm just going <laughs> to go get a job or something, you know, but, uh, but even now, like I'm really thinking about how I'm going to go about this. And uh, what I've been, th I've been literally thinking about this the past couple of days. I should figure out a way to start freelancing and do video work. So that's what I'm going to be working on right now, basically. But, um, you know, so that, that's kind of like my situation. And again, like I, I can't, you know, I'm just, I'm just very fortunate to be in this spot where, you know, even going to college, I was super lucky to have a scholarship. And then now, um, you know, my parents are still willing to support me. So I like, for me, I'm just like, you know, I have this opportunity, so I'm going to go for it. And at first I didn't want to do it because at first my, my plan was to do it. Uh, my plan was to keep working where I was working and then do activism on the side. But then I realized that the situation with the animals is so urgent that since I have this opportunity and I'm so fortunate, I'm just going to take it. So that's what I'm doing. So I've another six months to basically <laughs> figure things out. Yeah, cool. It sounds good. And you can tell by the way you talk, you're very, very passionate about this, which is like amazing to hear because I think there are different kinds of different levels almost of vegans or vegan activism. Yeah. activism yeah. Like, like people would not be able to do what you do. I probably don't think like, of course I support what you guys do, but I don't think I could 
do it personally. Like I actually, um, two days ago went to a business and started talking about veganery, which is obviously the be vegan for January. And for me, that was quite like, I'm used to public speaking, but I was a little bit worried that I would get these questions from people that don't support the vegan movement and just completely, you know, because it is a, you know, it is something new. You are the minority and we live in a non-vegan world. And I was like, wow, what's going to happen if somebody asked me about this, this or this. So yeah, I think <laughs> you're doing really well. Um, and speaking of those questions, how do you, how do you best approach when people do kind of not agree with what you're doing or even get quite angry? Because I think people don't like, don't like it when we highlight what's actually going on because they know what's going on. We're highlighting their selective ignorance and I think they're quite defensive but when that happens. Yeah. The way I deal with it is I deal with it by preventing it, not by reacting to it. That's how I really think about it. Because when people tell me things like, how do I, what do I do when people get really angry? What I'm thinking is, well, I kind of, an, I kind of have an answer to that. But it happens to me so infrequently that when I really think about how I deal with it is I just make sure that doesn't happen in the first place. Because to me, when I think about doing vegan outreach, talking to people about veganism and animal rights, it's not about saying what I want to say. It's about making change. That's what I care about. So I'm going to do what's actually going to create change. I don't care if it feels good for me to do it. I don't care. Like, it, it, like none of that matters to me. All that matters is that my conversation is effective. And for me, um, you know, I choose, and, and this, is a, this is a choice. I think that everyone has to make a choice at the end of the day. And I make this choice for a practical reason as well as an ideological one. But I choose to always come from a place of love and being open and being compassionate. I think that's what the movement is about. So that being the case, whenever I speak to people before the conversation, I really put a lot of importance on the relationship I have with that person. I'm always going to make sure we're on good terms. I'm always going to make sure that I'm open, that I'm receptive, that I'm listening, that I'm loving. And I put that out first. And what happens when me, myself, I decide to be the way that I want this conversation to go, the conversation just goes really well because people are open back to me. And people listen to me because I listen to them and I'm open to them first. So that's really how I deal with it. You know, I really like in most cases, I, I, I recently read this in a book called Crucial Conversations. You can read about this in many different places. I studied a lot of psychology and social dynamics and things like that because for, for me, and by the way, these are all things that I learned. This didn't come easy to me at all. I didn't grow up being a social person, being a charismatic person. That's why I think you can hear in my videos, if you watch my videos, you like, if, especially if you watch my older videos, you can see that I'm kind of forcing the charisma because it's something that I learned. It's really not how I grew up uh, and relating to people. I had no idea growing up how to make friends, how, like how to have conversations with people. Like I didn't know all this. So I, so I learned all this. I think that's part of the reason why I can kind of start to articulate it. But you know, to me, I read this in a book called crucial conversations where it's a book about having conversations in uh, high stakes environments where, can, where things can get very emotional, where people can get very emotional very quickly. So for example, in relationships or in business meetings or in vegan outreach, I think it's, it's perfect. And what the authors talk about in that book is how the two elements that are key to having an effective conversation are one, having a relationship of mutual respect. So where I'm respecting you and you're respecting me. And the second thing is creating win-win situations, making sure that your goals are aligned with the other person's goals. And so to me, every time I launch into an 
conversation ends. You know, I say every time, that's my intention every time. It doesn't mean that it comes through every time. I'm not perfect, of course. I'm still learning every single time I have an outreach conversation. But for the most part, because I put so much emphasis on that, and if I'm going to have a random outreach conversation with someone, I don't immediately launch into it. I make sure that I'm going to say hi to them. I'm going to be like, hey, how are you doing? Learn their name, crack jokes, you know, create, create this sort of friendship so that when I talk about veganism and animal rights, they're very receptive to it. So that's really how I deal with it. And the other points I'll put out here too is that, you know, people often ask things like, when people say this, what do I say? And they'll ask about the actions that they should take. But what I put so much emphasis on, because action is important, don't get me wrong. And if you want to learn more about uh, step-by-step outreach and uh, someone who's way better at this than me is someone called Alex Bez. You can check him out at Amazing Vegan Outreach. He has a YouTube channel where he has tons of talks and videos about how to effectively do vegan outreach. Uh, he's one of the best I know personally. He's so, so good at what he does. Uh, he has a sales background. He's done it for 20 years. So uh, he's really, really studied how to create change in people. And he's really applied to vegan outreach. Um, so that, that's very important for sure. But I think the part where I can bring a lot of value to people is um, who you are being in those situations. I put so much emphasis on who I'm being, which is different from what you're doing. I can say the same thing to you, but on one hand, I can be a very loving, open, receptive person who's listening to you, or I can be very angry, be very hateful and resentful. And it's the same words I'm saying, but the place it's coming from is completely different. So for me, I put so much emphasis on the place I am coming from. And when the place you're coming from is right, you can make much more mistakes with the words. Like your, your outreach technique, what you're saying doesn't have to be as perfect. Uh, even though, as, as I said, it's, it's very important too. I think it's both. It's definitely both. Um, but for me, you know, when, whenever someone's angry at me, I think that the question I ask myself is, okay, how did I create this? How did I stand as source for this? And what I find is that oftentimes I was the one who was being angry or judgmental or hateful first. I was the one who was not coming, who, who was not listening. And I'm like, okay, no wonder that person wasn't listening to me. I wasn't listening to them. I have no idea what they were saying. I don't even remember their name. And so that's really how I think about doing outreach. You know, that's to me the foundation is who I am, where I'm coming from, and uh, really being the person I want to be. That expression, be the change that you want to see in the world. I mm -hmm. really believe in that. Not, through yeah. your not just through your actions. Of course, through your actions. That's what being vegan is all about. It's about being the change in the world that you want to see by creating peace through your actions. That's what it's about. But I also think it's about being the change to who you're being. Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. So is there ever like a time, like maybe when you're not on your vegan outreach, like let's say you're having dinner with friends and they're not vegan, like it must be sometimes quite hard to keep your mouth shut. Like for me, whenever I am at dinner, when I was just a nutritionist, not vegan, people would always ask me about what food they should eat to lose weight. Now I'm vegan and a nutritionist and they ask me and I'm just like, guys, I just want to enjoy my dinner for you because you're so passionate about this kind of thing. Like, how do you kind of like, do you switch off that part of your, your brain where you're kind of like, okay, I'm not really trying to tell them that about the vegan way of life. I just want to enjoy the company that I've got. Like, how do you kind of like, do you bite your tongue or do you actually talk to them about it and, you know, bring it up at dinner as well? Yeah. So for me, the place that I always come from, and that, that's my, that's my commitment. I'm not perfect, of course. Yeah. But I try to come from the place of doing with animals. That's what I care about most. At the end of the day, I think, like, I don't like this way of saying it because it makes it very competitive, which is not what I want to make it at all. 
But I realized that at some point you have to make the choice of whether or not you're going to side with comfort, your friends, um, with the animals. And so for me, I choose to side with the animals because they're the ones who are suffering. They're the ones who are being killed every single second of every single day. So my commitment is to do what's going to be best for them. So if I'm in a situation and I can speak up for them, I want to always speak up. That being the case, does that mean always? No, because sometimes I fear. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Got it. Yeah. So, you know, and sometimes I do feel like I should speak up and I don't. Um, and sometimes I am with friends, I am with family and I'm like, I should speak up for the animals because that's how I think about it. What can I do for them? And the best thing I could do for them is to try to speak up. Um, and then I don't. And then I learn from the experience. Now, I think it's a very nuanced point because at the same time, sometimes it might not be the best thing for the animals to speak up. I think it's very easy to look at this in a black and white way where it's like, well, you know, if you really care about the animals, you should speak up 100% of the time. But I think we should always take into consideration context. For example, if you're having a meal with your family or with friends and there are a bunch of animal products around, maybe or maybe not is the best time to speak to them. I don't know because maybe it's going to trigger so many of their defenses that it's not going to be worth it. And maybe it's better to invite them for a vegan meal another time and then try to talk to them then. I don't know. At the same time, by saying this, I think I could give the permission to a lot of people to use that as an excuse not to speak up. So it's, it's just, it's just non black and white. Yeah. So I always try to think about what's going to be best for the animals. I don't think about what's, what do I enjoy? It's the same with, with uh, I'm sure with going to the gym, with fitness, where, you know, some days you don't feel like working out, but you're like, I'm going to work out anyways, because that's what you're committed to. That's what, that's what it takes to reach your, your goals. And so for me, I, veganism and vegan outreach and vegan activism and just being vegan is about that. It's not about enjoying my life. It's for me, it's really about saving animals. So that's the place that I am committed to coming from. And that's where I'm moving towards more and more and more. But that being the case, I'm always trying to be effective. So for example, you know, I noticed that a lot of people, for example, this is just an example. A lot of people are changed by movies. A lot of people have seen movies like Cowspiracy, What the Health, maybe Earthlings Dominion, and that's what really transformed them. And so that being the case, for example, I asked myself questions like, okay, how can I get people to watch these films? I'll give you an example with my parents, for example. With my parents, I, I talked to them about veganism here and there, I'm on and off, but at the same time, my end goal was always like, how can I get my parents to watch one of these documentaries with me? because I don't live with my parents. So I know that even speaking on the phone, it's not going to have as much impact. So for me, I didn't want to damage my relationship with my parents over veganism on the phone. So what I did is last time I was back in Paris, which was two, three weeks ago, there just happened, but I wanted to do the screening at home anyways, but there just happened to be a screening of Dominion in town. And I invited my parents to that screening. And because, you know, with my, with my mom, I've been speaking to her a lot more about veganism. My mom is basically vegan now. Um, but with my dad, I haven't really been speaking about, about it with him because I know that he doesn't want to talk about it. Um, and so what I did is I made sure that I had a good relationship with him. And then I was like, hey, dad, do you want to come see this movie with me? Because I know that whatever conversation I have with him, the film Dominion is going to be so much more powerful because you, you, you see it. I, I can't remember where I saw this, but I, literally, I saw this like two days ago where someone was talking about how 
when you see something, it's much more powerful than when you talk about it. Oh, it was a sales, it was a video about sales actually, where the person was talking about dramatic demonstration. <laughs> yeah. called He said, you know what? If you want to sell something, it's better if you dramatically show what it's doing rather than you talk about it. He gave an example, for example, uh, David Copperfield, how did he build his career? He did dramatic demonstrations where he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. He, I forgot, what he, he like walked across the, the Great Wall of China, like stuff like that, right? And so he showed, he didn't talk about it, he showed it. And I realized, I'm like, you know, with my dad, I could talk about it with him, but by, the, by, the, by how I know him and the person I know he is, I don't think that's really going to penetrate him as much. I don't think he's going to change more importantly because that's what's important. So what's important is that it changes. It doesn't matter what I tell him. I just care that it changes. And I was like, you know what? I'm sure it would be much, much more powerful if he sits through dominion because that's like two hours where he's just like there and he has to face it. Um, and so that's what I try to create. And, and so I played the long game with them. Um, and so that, that's kind of, that's kind of how I think about it. I'm even thinking about content right now in the way that I frame content sometimes on the internet where my call to action, you know, it's interesting. People think I'm, I'm like, I am a vegan activist for sure, but I've never used the call to action, go vegan. I've never used that call to action ever, 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 ever. If you look in all my Instagram captions, I never say go vegan. What I do instead is, and I'm doing this more and more, is I, I have calls to action to do your own research, to watch films. I'm like, if you want to find out more about this, watch Cowspiracy. Because look, my Instagram video is one minute. Like, it's just one minute. But yeah. if I can use that one minute to get someone to go watch Cowspiracy or What the Health and sit through an entire documentary that someone has made that has been so effective in changing people, why don't I just do that? I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I definitely want to make those films myself. That's my end goal. I want to make videos like that 100%. But in the meantime, I'm like, you know, that's why, for example, when I do outreach with waiters and stuff like that, or when I'm in different situations where I have very little time, I don't try to get them to go vegan. I try to, watch, to get them to watch a movie. Even like sometimes I'm checking out at a store and I'm just making casual conversation. Again, start with a relationship. So I'm like, hey, how are you doing? What's up? I read their name tag. I'm like, hey, Rob, how are you doing? They're like, I'm good. And then we talk about stuff and some, sometimes it segues into something. And I'm trying to figure out ways to do this more methodically. But for example, one time this guy was like, oh man, I just can't, I can't wait to go back and watch Netflix. That's so cool. I'm like, oh, what do you watch on Netflix? He's like, oh, I'll watch this and that. I'm thinking about doing this. And I'm like, yo, have you ever watched What the Hell? He's like, oh man, what is it? I'm like, dude, this documentary is so crazy. It changed my life. Like, dude, it's so good. It talks all about health. About how basically the government is fucking us over. I try to like, you know, frame it in a way where it's going to resonate with them too, depending on what kind of person they are. And I'm like, dude, you should check it out. Like, oh my God, it's like so good. You'll love it. And uh, then the guy was like, you know, I might check it out. Did you check it out? I don't know. But at least I try to plant that seed, right? That's, that's what I try to do if I have like two seconds. Um, is I'm like, for example, with a waitress, we were in Atlanta not too long ago. And my call to action to her was, you should check out Dairy is Scary. I'm not trying to be like, yo, ditch dairy. I'm trying to be like, watch dairy is scary. Because I, if I can get her to watch dairy is scary, and then she ditches dairy because of that, and even more importantly, maybe she's going to go do more research after that, and she's going to go down the rabbit hole. That's always my goal. I want people to go down the rabbit hole because I know that's what got on so many people. I know after speaking to so many vegans that what happens to us is we find out about one thing. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's environment. Maybe it's just one slaughterhouse video. And then we go down the rabbit hole of looking up everything. And then we find out the truth about how animal products is negatively affecting our, our health, how it's impacting the environment in such a detrimental way and how it's causing so much pain and suffering to animals. And so my goal is also to try to get people to go down that rabbit hole 
um, and I'm always thinking about how can I put them in a funnel? You know, like um, in, in business, like so many people now have this funnel where at the top there's like lead generation, lead retention, conversion. And to me, I'm, I'm trying to think about vegan outreach and vegan activism in that kind of way where I'm like, okay, the end goal is for them to watch a movie or, you know, because these things have been proven. I know that these things have changed so many people. So I'm like, okay, how can I create a funnel to get people to eventually end up there? Yeah, and I completely understand that because that's what I do with my own business as well. But, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you've touched on two good points: is plant the seed and make sure every conversation you have, has, uh, they, I guess, get a positive experience from it. Yes, and that's so key. That's so yeah. key. I want you know part of what part of what I want to do too is, I want to portray veganism as something that's cool. I understand that's not what it's about because many people will be like veganism is not about being cool; it's about justice. But I'm like yo, people resonate with what's cool. Like, hello, when you're in high school, everyone wants to be the cool kids. And we graduate from high school and we talked about how we don't want to be the cool kids anymore, but that's not true. People speak louder with their actions than with their words. And people gravitate towards what's hot, what's popular, what they think is cool, what aligns with their worldviews. Um, and so, you know, to me, it's important. It's, this is super, super important that to me as a vegan, I'm always thriving in my life. I'm happy. You know, when I, when I talk to people, I always want people to, to be like, wow, that person really made me think, but I also want them to think, wow, that person was really cool. Wow. That, that per like, you know, that's why, for example, I go out of my way to do things like remember people's names. That's so important. So many people just, when they, when they introduce themselves and they learn the other person's name, they just forget about it straight away. And I used to be that way too. And then one day I made a choice. I was like, you know what? I'm going to remember people's names because it's important to them. So I started doing that. And, you know, I find that like that makes such a difference. Like you, you can try this experiment, go to a store and then read the person's um, name tag and really care about them. And when you leave, be like, Hey, yo, Julie, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Have a good day, Julie. And, and see what that does. And you'll see that people light up because it really means a lot to them. And I, that's what I try to create everywhere I go that, you know, again, I'm not perfect. Am I always like this? Of course not. But is that my overall commitment? And is that where I'm moving towards? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. And when I talk to people about veganism, that's the experience I'm trying to give them. I'm trying to create a win-win situation. You know, I think many people think about veganism and they're trying to prove the other person wrong. They're trying to win an argument. They're trying to be like, you know what? I want to prove that I'm right and I want to prove that you're wrong. And I'm like, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to create a win-win situation. I want that person to come out of the conversation being like, wow, that was really cool. I thought about some stuff I never thought about before. You know, maybe I should do this. That sounds like something that I would want to do because it aligns with my values. It aligns with my worldviews. It aligns with the stories that I tell myself. So yeah, like you said, I think people having a positive experience of you as a vegan is so important because there's so many negative stereotypes too. So many yeah. people, if you're a vegan, you know, I read about this in a book called All Marketers Tell Stories by Seth Godin. It's also called All, All Marketers Are Liars. But he tells the story of telemarketers. And he says, you know, as soon as a telemarketer calls you, you already have a preconceived notion. You have a story you tell yourself about what that experience is going to be like. And you're already dreading it before they even start talking. You know? And I'm like, for many people, that's how they perceive vegans. Maybe not to, the, to that extreme degree, but to many people, they, they hear vegan, they're like, oh, you know? And so I'm like, yo, part of my mission is I want to reverse that. Every time I talk to someone, I want them to be like, yo, that vegan guy was really cool. Yo, that vegan guy, you know what? Like, that's not what I thought vegans were like. I thought they were preachy. I thought they were angry.
but that guy was actually happy. He was actually really cool. He actually really listened to me. Hell, that guy actually remembered my name. No one remembered my name in the past like month. Like, like what's up with this guy? Like, that's what I'm trying to create because you have to understand that every time that you talk about veganism, you're representing the entire movement. You're representing the billions of animals who are dying every single year. That's, that's what you're doing. No pressure, but that's, that's what it is. <laughs> but but that, that's what it is. You know, so yeah. for me, where I portray myself in that moment is so important because even though, you know, because I understand that sometimes we can be very angry. If ever I feel too angry and I, I just can't do it, like I'll, I'll back off. That happens very rarely because I've done the work on myself to be at a point where these things don't, don't get to me. It's very hard to get to me. Um, because I worked on it I, again, I didn't used to be like this at all. This is something you cultivate. So I cultivated that. Um, and so now I really think about this because, you know, if in that moment you give into your emotions and you lash out, you're like, no, you're wrong. You know, you're a killer, you're a murderer, blah, 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 blah. And, and you, you let that kind of take the, 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 the better of you, you know, like you're not a bad person at all. Of course you're speaking up for what's right in the objective world. Are you right? Yes, of course. What's going to happen? that person's going to walk away. And unless that person is very, very understanding, or perhaps that's just what changes them. I know a very few people, there's not a lot of people, but I know a few people who have been changed by being shamed or being lashed out on. I, I know those people that exists. So can it work in some cases? Yeah. But in the majority of cases, what's going to happen? That person's going to walk away and they're going to be like, yo, these are really angry. What's up with that? Because of course you don't represent the entire movement, but we have to understand that if you read books, again, like all marketers tell stories, people tell themselves stories about the world. They have a certain worldview. And you is what we do that I do this too. We all do this is we find evidence to support what we already believe. So if people already believe they have a somewhat of a negative belief about vegans, and then on top of that, they encounter one vegan who's angry at them. They're going to be like, wow, all vegans are angry because that's a very easy story to tell themselves. Yes. Yeah. And, and by the way, and we do this with non-vegans too, as vegans, we do this too, where we encounter one person who's not open, who's angry, and we're like, no one wants to listen. All people are angry. They're all not open. So we all do this. We just have these ways that we see the world and we find evidence to support that. It goes deeper. Like I can put out the most positive content on the internet, the most positive, you know, I'm like, some people are open. Like I'll put out a conversation with someone, an outreach conversation where the person's really, really open. And then some people will comment and say things like, you know, too bad. Most people are not like that too bad. Most people really don't care. And I'm like, you got it all wrong. That's just what you believe. And you're finding evidence to back that up. That doesn't correspond to objective reality at all in the world. Are there people who are open and not open? Of course. But see, to me, the way I perceive, like, I literally go through the world being like, oh, this is so cool. Why are so many people so open? That's how I perceive it because that's the worldview that I have. And I just keep finding evidence to support that. And all the conversations that didn't go well, that you know, the person wasn't receptive, like, I literally don't even remember those conversations. They, they kind of like, they happen and I forget about them and what I focus on. But the conversations that went really well with people went vegan because of me. You can better remember those. You can bet that I go to bed playing those conversations over and over and over in my head because it reinforces the worldview that, you know what? The world is changing. And you know what? If I'm going to do this work, then I'm going to do whatever it takes to have this mindset and believe that. Like, I think it's a, I think it's strategy. I think it's practical to believe that the world is changing and to focus on the positive, not just for the movement, but also for yourself and being a positive person, being happy overall. How am I supposed to be happy if I'm not seeing the change that's happening in the world? Of course, at the end of the day, I do believe that my happiness shouldn't be predicated on anything 
but at the same time, why not focus on the positive? Why, like not just in this, in life in general, I always focus on the positive. I always, you know, when I talk to someone and they're not open, I still focus on the positive parts of them. Like it's so impossible to, for people to hit me with negative things. Like when people tell me like, oh, I can't believe this person said this. Like it literally bounces off me. <laughs> like I don't even know how to respond. I'm like, haha, yeah, blah, blah. And I just keep kind of like, you know, and, and that, that's, that's how I am. And again, I cultivated this. This is not how I grew up. I used to be negative, introverted, not want to talk to people. So this is something you can learn. But I chose to learn this because I was like, you know what? This is going to support me in my life. First, it was a selfish thing. But now I think this is what's going to help the animals. The more I can be like this, the more I can focus on the positive, the more I can focus on the change, create change, be open, the more it's going to help the animals. So that's why I'm committed to what I'm committed to today. Yeah, and I can tell. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think you could probably talk the whole day about it, to be honest. I can, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's, I think to recap for people that have probably been listening and have kind of like you've awakened some fire in them, they're like, holy shit, this guy does what I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, I think what would be the kind of like key points would be be positive, practice makes perfect, and work better on yourself and just think that every small piece of planting a small seed is going to eventually get to a place where maybe somebody would will change. Yep. One more thing. Well, two more things, actually. If you want to start getting active, I made a video on my YouTube channel that's exactly about that. It's called How to Start Vegan Activism or How to Become a Vegan Activist or something like that. Um, you can find it on my, on my YouTube channel, Peace by Vegan, where I go through step-by-step -step how we can start getting involved. Um, but that relates to the second thing what I was going to say, which is so key, I think. And in a lot of ways, if you do this right, I think you can take care of all the other things. And that's surround yourself with the right people put yourself in the right environments and put yourself in a position to witness the change that's going on. I think that's so key. One yeah. of the biggest things that empowers me to speak up and be the person that I am is constantly being around so many people who are activists. And when I started getting involved in activism and I met not, you know, before I started getting involved in activism, I knew like one, two, three vegan people. I wasn't even very good friends with them. But when I started getting involved in activism, the first night, I went to my first vigil. I met like what, like 20 vegan people in two weeks. I met like hundred, like a hundred vegan people. Now, like I know hundreds upon hundreds of vegan people. That's not even an exaggeration. That's just because when you get involved in activism, that's who you get to put yourself around. And that has empowered me so much because I'm like, yo, there's so many vegans in the world. This is so cool. It normalizes the idea of always speaking up. And you know, I see the change that's happening because I see these people posting stories or talking to me about, so, you know, I was doing this, I was having this conversation, then this person decided to change. And it's so cool. And I'm constantly surrounded by that. So I'm like, yo, the world is changing. That's so cool. Um, so I really think it's so critical to put yourself in the right position. And again, if you want to go deeper too, like even within the vegan movement, there are people who are going to be negative. There are people who are always angry. I don't put myself around those people. I like, I, I just don't. I'm like, yeah. you know, I, I have enough hope. I'm not going to go fight them. I, I think that's, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. We're on the same team. So whatever, that's fine. You, you do your thing. I mean, I do, I do want to change that about the community. That's part of my mission. But at the same time, for the meantime, I'm not going to surround myself with those people. I surround myself with positive people who are creating change, who are leaders, who are visionaries, because that's what I want to do. So that's where I put myself around. But the environment is so, 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 so key. And in many ways, I think it's going to be very difficult for you to really, all the things I talk about, I think it's going to be very difficult for you to do that if you don't put yourself in the right environment. But if you really make that effort to surround yourself with the right people, 
to put yourself in the right places at the right time to witness change and to be a part of that change, I think you can really start transforming the world. Yeah, I think that's really powerful as well. Like, I mean, this whole, this whole episode has been really eye-opening as well for me because it's not only, it's like getting in your head and seeing your passion and seeing, like, I had a question that I was going to ask you of why do you do what you do? And I think it's, it's pretty obvious. So we could skip that one. Um, but yeah, that being said, I think that is pretty much everything that I wanted to kind of go over with you. I mean, as you said, there's so much passion, there's so much information that we can get from you. And if there are people that are listening and like, who is this guy? How do I find him? And how do I connect with him? Um, Peace by Vegan on Instagram. And is that probably the best way to kind of message you or get hold of your stuff? It's 100% the best, the best way to get on me, uh, to, get on, to get to me. <laughs> Peace by Vegan on Instagram. Yeah. Um, you can always DM me, send me messages, leave comments. I read every comment. I read every message. Uh, I respond to everyone. If once in a blue moon I miss someone, it's, it's not intentional. Um, it's probably just, you know, like I'm getting more and more messages. I'm, I'm getting more used to that. But I'm always here to support anyone. I, I think that's really a big reason why I do what I do is I really want to support the community. So if you think that I can support you in any way, just always let me know. I'm always here for you. Cool. That's very good to hear. So thank you so much for your time. Um, thank you. And appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's been really, really insightful. So thank you. And that's all for today, guys. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Of course, we'll see you next week. If you have questions or want to find out more information about working with me, check out my Instagram at thevegan underscore coach, my website, thevegancoach.org, or just check out my Facebook page. Have a great day and see you next week.